It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. It's been a, a very interesting day. Fascinating. And, and we can start right into this thing. Let's just jump right in. The Bobby Witt uh, deal that goes down today is, I mean, good for Kansas City, right? To yep. To pony up that kind of money and really establish themselves. I mean, they've had a very nice off season and they're sort of, it feels like you guys can let me know what you think about this, but they're establishing themselves as a, a, a team that is about to, I mean, maybe it's 24, maybe it's 25, but it feels like it's soon because you wouldn't give Bobby with this money. Otherwise they're about to open up the window for a, a competition, uh, you know, uh, years of competition. Uh, Mark, when you got that notification, I think I think it was passing that broke it. When you got the notification, what what did it make you think about KC, Bobby Witt, the whole thing? Yeah, I've been really high on Kansas City this offseason. I've mm-hmm. I've loved everything that they've been doing. Uh, they've gotten brought some pitchers in, which I think is really important for a team that had little to no pitching last season. They're a right. team that I think is like going to be sneaky good, and the fact that they gave Bobby Witt all this money means one they believe in the guy. They think he's going to be the mm-hmm. man. He they want him mm-hmm. to be the leader of this team. And they they want to build around him. When you yep. give someone that amount of money, that means that you're looking to compete in the relative near future. Uh, mm-hmm. And a contract like this, especially for the next like three or four seasons, even though towards the end he gets like 35 million a year, it's so team friendly that they'll still be right. able to go out and get maybe some shorter term contracts, like we saw this past offseason with guys like Seth Lugo and Waka, where they can just continue to build on being a better team and those young mm-hmm. guys that they have around them that are basically free for the next few years. Do you think? I mean, let me let me let me throw, throw this question out to you. If you were starting an expansion team and everybody's on the table, you got to draft the shortstop. Would you go Bobby Witt as your shortstop, or would you go because again, you got the years, you got the the the, the power, the speed, the defense is getting better, the plate approach is getting better. Would you go Bobby Witt? Or would you go with a Seeger, a Trey Turner, a Bobachet, a Lindor? I mean, Lindor's close oh, to your heart, obviously. Yeah. But if you're if you're starting a team and oh. you have to draft a shortstop, would it be Wit, or would you still go with one of the veteran guys that we've seen longer? That's Same tough. Mark. Say it, say it, pick against Lindor, do it. Yeah, I I am. I'm picking against Lindor. I'm picking Bobby Witt. Uh, I think I had him as my third ranked shortstop going into the season in my rankings Mm -hmm. behind only Lindor and Seager. And if he puts another season up like he did last year, he's going to pass Lindor. Like, Mm -hmm. I love Lindor, but he will just be better if he shows that glove again next year and that offensive prowess that he had. So while I don't think he is there yet, if you're going to give me 10 years worth of Bobby Witt versus the next 10 years of Francisco Lindor, I'm going to take Bobby Witt. Right. Um, I have a question for you, Robbie. Yeah. Um, Robbie, how dare you? Shout out to Robbie. If you haven't yet, Robbie has his top 50 players for 2024. Oh, no. And Bobby Witt Jr. Outside of the top 10. I, I don't know if we're ready to go top 10 yet. I might be. I might be. I don't know. Bobby Witt Jr., when you're putting together the rankings and you're figuring, where did you have? I can't remember the spot you had, I think Bobby. 24? 24. I think 24. 24. Um, I think. Is he yeah. one that you could see? He's got to be one of those guys that you could see jumping the highest in season, right? Like if you were to revisit this and go back at the end of at, at the yeah. end of the year, he would he could potentially be one of the biggest risers, right? Oh yeah. I mean, the reason I even had him that low is because 
time-wise, right? It was only his second year, and it's, you know, I, I honestly thought about doing like a hot take kind of a thing, like top 20. I'm curious to see how he does this coming year because he yeah. was phenomenal last mm-hmm. year. Defense mm-hmm. was great. Legs were looking good. Bat, you know, bat, funny enough, it still has room to improve there. He could definitely work on the plate discipline a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, insane. Guys, what, 80 stolen, almost 80 stolen bases in his first two years, and he had 30 bombs last year. Man, you know, but yeah, time-wise, yeah. you know, just because it was only his second year, out of respect for these other guys that have been in the game for a little longer, right? Mm-hmm. Got to, you know, put him behind those guys. But this is a guy, in my opinion, uh, Mark, I'm curious to see, you know, because you have your top 50 as well. Uh, what do you think? Do you think he could be a top 10 player after this yeah, coming think, year if he, if he repeats this kind of performance? I think if he repeats it, it's definitely a conversation that's that's going to be had. I think I had him in a similar spot as you. I had him at 27 on mine. Uh, and it's, it's just the same yeah. thing. Like, at some point, I need to see more than one year for, right. mm-hmm. until you get into that conversation of being like one of the most elite players in Major League Baseball. And looking at the guys I had ahead of him, they just have a little bit more of a track record. And then yeah. I think the only one that didn't was Corbin Carroll, but he was so phenomenal last year. Oh, that man, I think so good. when you do that in a rookie season, you get the slight nod. So for me, Bobby Witt for sure has the potential. I don't know if he's going to crack top 10, but I can definitely see top 15 range if he does it again. Yeah. Is, is Corbin Carroll seeing this deal come through? And he's like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I mean, the years and the dollars for yeah. Bobby Wood Jr., it is so far skewed. Like, Corbin Carroll's got to be talking to his agent like, what'd you do to me, man? <laughs> Corbin Carroll, uh, Acuna, Ozzy Albies, all those yeah. guys got to be a little upset about uh, what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Corbin Carroll, I believe he was what, – what pick was he in the draft? I think he was like 14 or 15 or so. He was 16th in 2019. 16, right. So, yeah, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, Bobby Wood was a very high pick, and the guy has just been touted as a, you know, future star of the game for so long, where Carroll just really came out of nowhere almost, right? He's obviously been a guy that people have been paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just interesting. I, I have a question for you guys about the extension with Bobby Wood. Mark, you mentioned the team friendly deal for a while, but I'm wondering, I feel like uh, this is something not a lot of people are talking about. It's the opt outs. Right, 2030 has that opt out. Right, he put up 46 million dollars worth of val- field value last year, and he is projected <laughs> to keep doing that at that point. Do you guys think he opts out in 2030? I know that's a long mm. way away, but what do you think? I guess it really depends how the Royals are playing, right? Like, yeah. if the Royals are bad or, or the franchise isn't going in the direction that I'm sure he would want it to go, totally could see it being an opt out, but even at like 35 million dollars a year. Yeah. Granted, that's six years from now. Who knows what the players' contracts are going to look like? But that still yeah. puts him at one of the top guys, even in that in that year, in terms of getting paid. So, it's not an easy contract to necessarily opt out of, unless he's playing out of his mind. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But we got a lot of other extension candidates that are mm-hmm. still, uh, you know, not really getting paid yet. You know, Tristan Casas on, you know, my Red Sox. Uh, I think. You know, maybe I think we'll get something done at some point this coming year. But Mark, you know, you know, there's one player on the Mets, you know, right now, Francisco Alvarez. You know, what are you thinking there with the extension with him? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to get ahead of it because before the numbers really start to turn around, because I obviously think he's great. I think he's going to be an awesome player. I don't really have a doubt in that. But the numbers last year did fall off in the second half. And it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where it's like, maybe we can sneak away a Braves contract and we can get him for really, really cheap over the next seven, eight years. 
So mm-hmm. I'm down to be aggressive with him, but I also understand the concern of he's a catcher. He's 21 years old. He had a great first half and really struggled in the second. Let's see what he's got in another full season. There is no rush outside of hoping to save money down the line. Yeah. Sorry, Shane, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you got to think that with players like Evan Carter, the Texas Rangers, Mm -hmm. they have to be like, you're the Rangers. You got to be thinking about it, Uh, especially with their financial uncertainty, like getting a deal done where – you have him set up for the future, and it's this, the dollars are small in the beginning. Uh, Evan Carter has to be on the on the list. The the Blue Jays have a couple of players that, with Bobuchet and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Now it's an interesting time to try to go down that road with Vladdy because he has not been stellar. He's coming off a, a poor twenty twenty three, so he probably wouldn't want to do it. But there are definitely some candidates. And and you know what? The, the, the Tristan Cassis one, like now's the time. Because, yeah. and this is the thing, I think about the timing. So for Vladdy, the timing's bad, right? You, from a team perspective, you would you, you would almost be, uh, if you're, okay, it has to be, it has, the timing has to be right for both sides. So the player has to be sort of rising at a rate where the team feels like, okay, this is where we expect him to be. He's proven it. He's shown it. We're good. Let's lock it in. And the player also has to be at a spot where he doesn't feel like he's leaving a ton of money on the table. So it's not a right time for everybody. But, Robbie, your boy, Cassis, after what he did last year, it kind of feels like, even though it was his first full season, um, it kind of feels like this is the perfect time for Boston to do that with him because he was so good. He obviously profiles to continue doing this. and. I mean, it, it just it just feels right for Cassis. Anybody else that either of you guys see as like great timing, uh, a great timing candidates for an extension like this? Yeah, I think Gunnar Henderson's the first name that jumps out too. Another yes. guy where if you're the Orioles, just lock him up, give him what he yep. wants, lock him yep. up, lock him and Adley up for the future. Those mm-hmm. are two guys to build around, and mm-hmm. I, I think they will, especially now with the new ownership coming in and the yeah. fact that they. I mean this guy was one of the best players in baseball last year and he was a rookie. So I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. I, I'd be aggressive with him. And then the other guy is probably Ellie De La Cruz, even though he struggled last year after like yeah. that hot start. Right. Maybe this is the time again, where you could kind of sneak in and get him for cheap because we know that the talent is there and it's, mm-hmm. he's going to pop at some point and the reds yeah. just don't spend money. So this is where yep. you could actually save some money and keep a homegrown player around for a while. I would actually say, Robbie, I, yeah, you, I see you got somebody at the tip of your tongue. Um, just to piggyback off Reds real quick, and then I'm going to kick it back to Robbie, Matt McClain. Matt McClain yeah. feels like the guy for, for him or Steer or both. Uh, that feels like, and maybe I would probably lean more McClain. Robbie, you were going to say something? I was going to ask you guys this question. You know, if, let's say, you know, both for the Orioles, that is the way to go, in my opinion. If you mm. could only pick one, who mm. would you go with? Mm. Oh, between Gunner and Adley? Yeah. That's so tough. I love Adley so much. Like coming out, of, coming out of college, he was like oh. one of the first prospect videos ever made on my channel. Mm. And it was not that it was a bold take by any means at the time, but I'm like, this is the guy. When the Orioles franchise is going to turn around, it's going to be because of Adley Rushman. Yeah. Next Joe Bauer, basically. The value that he gives you up the middle, especially at the catcher position, which is so weak. I mean, it's mm. tough to pick against him. I think I'd pick Adley. It's tough, man, because like they both play those prime positions, right? Um, Where 
you know, left side of the infield for Henderson. He can also play some shortstop too, but Jackson mm. Holiday's probably going to be there. But, you know, mm. I ah, it's tough, right? <laughs> it's different if Henderson was your shortstop, right? If you didn't have Jackson Holiday, it's kind of one of those. I obviously the answer is both. I feel like I would lean Adley. Like it's kind of one of those things where it's the intangibles. It's it, and catchers are so scarce these yeah. days, you know? Jim, what do you think? It's a tough one. I think about how catchers can break down. Right. Yeah. And, and part of that value is him being behind the plate by the time he gets through all of his arbitration years and he has had a ton of usage. What is he going to be? And if you are a I mean, I'm trying to think now of of all of the deals that we have seen where we bought out all these years of arbitration and I, catchers like how many times has this happened for a catcher? I mean, maybe yeah. you think of Sean Murphy with the Braves, but he was coming up close to the end of his arbitration years. He'd already put in a bunch of years with Oakland. So the catchers have not necessarily seen this, if, if, unless I'm forgetting anybody that you guys uh, can think of. So I almost wonder if it's Gunner because you figure he's going to last longer. If you're going to give somebody a 11, potentially $14 million, or 14 year contract, mm-hmm. wouldn't you rather play the, have the guy be the, the infielder who's probably going to stay there for years to come. Ryan Ripken has been on the podcast a couple of times and Ryan Ripken loves to, to comp Gunner uh, similarly to his father. And that's some pretty high praise. And yeah. I think that there's definitely something there, but here's the great thing. Um, and, and we won't, we won't click over just yet, Evan, we won't just go to the Orioles yet, but I will say this, the good news is they have new owners and maybe they don't have to make this decision is is could be could be something interesting any more extension candidates before we get on to the to the orioles and them being the beasts of the east kirby i mean yeah I, i'm so high on george kirby do you guys mm-hmm. know he had one of the lowest walk per nine rates like of all time for a season his oh, control yeah. is incredible and he, it's always yeah. been that way he it came up that way it's insane uh, to me that's the guy. Uh, that's the next guy I'm doing. If I'm the Mariners, like mm-hmm. Gilbert, I love Gilbert, but he's getting he's a, he's not close to free agency, but he's closer than Kirby. I, yeah. I think Kirby would be the guy. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, Kirby's such a dog, and he's oh, got the type of like repertoire and the way that he pitches. I almost feel like he's got the hard stuff down. It, like right. he knows how to pitch, and I can only imagine like as the years go on, we don't see pitchers really hit their prime until sometimes they're like in their early thirties. Mm-hmm. So for a guy like Kirby being this good at such a young age, I'd want to keep him around forever. He seems yeah. just like one of those guys that's going to keep yeah. getting better and better. It's like Maddox with times two stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. like what? Right? What even is? I I was kind of actually blown away. I knew he was really good with the walks this year. I didn't realize it was like an all time. Like disgusting. I knew it was really good. But I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was that good. I believe it's like 20th all time in the live ball era, like for walks per nine. That's nuts to me. Like it's crazy. So. He, he he's he's a great candidate. 